brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. website for details. Speaking of D23, so the Sandman. So this is an interesting thing where I had not seen the last trailer and the first trailer before I had seen it and I was like, like, this looks cool enough. Like I didn't look at it and be like, wow, I can't absolutely wait to see this. But the reason of course I wanted to, and had some interest is because like everyone I know who has read it, you know, like 
Chris from Marvel Alliance or Scott from uh, DC Squadcast. He's on Vodka Stream a lot when I appear on there. Um, Wonder Man. There's always people that, you know, I, I trust their opinions on you know especially dc but just that okay if they like and they see these things and they the certain words are using it's like okay i have an idea that i'm going to at least like this so i i and i almost wasn't going i wasn't going to review it and here's a funny thing too i think if i wasn't off i wouldn't have because it's just time it's summer i'm busy but i was off so i'm like i'm gonna give this a chance i'm gonna watch and see what it's like give a couple episodes in and I guess I can just say that I did absolutely love it. I thought it was a great time. I This show feels very special all the way down to, and it's so funny that people were complaining about that Netflix had to post a statement, all the way to its like dimensions, right? Like how it shot. It's shot in a very weird type of surreal type of way, and it's off-putting. But the second you get in there, you feel you feel it's off-kilter. You feel, oh, this doesn't feel right. And that's kind of the way they said it's supposed to be that way. And I understood that where it's like we're in like a dreamlike scenario. And... This show hits things I like. It, it's very mythic. It's very gothic. But I think what it hits the most on which I really appreciate it, it has those larger-than-life questions. And I'm somebody that's not the most religious person, right? But I just more even sense of where does death work in all this? Where do what-ifs work in all this? Where does um, your purpose or other people work in all this? There's multiple episodes that make you step out and think about your life or the world and things like that. And that's just on top of like, there's other things. Visual acting is all good. There's a great cast in here. There's some very great um, kind of set pieces that don't look. There's the occasional. I'd say like occasional time where okay, that looks like CGI. But for I would I would almost put it up against. Honestly, there's and I guess it's unfair because even Stranger Things are like oh we had to rush the season out and some shots were unfinished. But I think as far as effects goes, it's top tier. It's better than what I just saw in last season of Stranger Things. I really do because like anytime Vecna was busting out those tentacles, uh, CGI over the place. So I think visually it's stunning. Acting wise, it's great. But it's it, it's really this what I appreciated the most. Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. You can tell it's getting warm here. I'm sweating. I'm coughing. Need another water. But what I most liked about it is the whole show does feel like a dream state where, and I will say it is at times slower and it is a show. And if you're not looking for a show like this, it is a show you absolutely cannot check your phone on because there's lots of, and I don't think it's like a, you know, we we're just talking about saw where it's like, Oh, there's so many twists, this and that, but they do throw a lot at you. There is tons of, um, uh, Oh, I forgot in the word. I'm forgetting tons of words today, but there's, tons of info i think i might have had it in my notes here about because i said that was my first note because episode two has a lot of exposition and setup and world building which is all good and it's all needed because you are i'm somebody that i i liked it enough but i watched american gods and to me this show is far superior this is what american gods was maybe trying to be and now i talked to chris and he had a good point that well because i never read the book he said well american gods is a lot slower and that was slower but it just felt like it never fully clicked you know and another thing that i love breaking bad the wire sopranos six feet under dexter um uh, the uh, you know the boys i love shows where people are working in the gray area and not just always the main character just people in general and that has a lot of this where there's lots of situations where there's no right answer there's no wrong answer or it's somewhere in the middle and you have to make your choice there's something too where i can't remember who said it but there's someone that said that you know your main character 
you should love them for making the wrong choice. And why should you love them for that? Because it's the most interesting choice. And Morpheus, Sandman, Dream, whatever you want to call him, who's just like, I realize between, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I appreciate how handsome men are. I can see how good looking men are. I am not myself gay, but I can definitely see my type as far as, you know, Adam drives Kyle Ren, Robert Pattinson is a Batman, this guy who I've never seen in my life, who has a fucking killer-ass voice. It's so good. I need a GP. I am the dream, and we are here. You can't do that. Like It's soothing, but it's scary, and I can't even do I'm still working on that one, but him as Morpheus, all and like Tom Hilson, Loki, all these very like more like skinnier, like toned guys with long black hair. Apparently that would be my style because woof, you know. And there's a scene where there's a whole episode where Morpheus is like nude, hundred percent of the time. Like it's like uh, you don't see everything, but you see enough. Um, so there, he will constantly do things, and even if they get fixed later, he changes his mind. He'll do things where I go, no, this is absolutely the wrong sense or wrong way to go about things. And he is a character that is a godlike figure. If you don't know the show, that there is a almighty, I don't know if it is God. I think there's someone even higher above God in this because there's a God and a devil. And I feel like they are like, if there's a higher one, there's them. But it sounds like it's more just chain of commands. And this takes the literal thing. And again, I knew nothing about it is, okay, for dreams, the reason we have that is because there's a guy that is responsible for doing dreams. Death, well, there's a girl that's responsible for her job is death. All these things, right? So like every sort of thing you think about with life and stuff like that, um, there is a character that represents that. And one of the other things where I think episode one and two is lots of lots of setup. And I think every episode has lots of setup because you're always meeting a new character, a new world, and it, there's a lot thrown at you. So I could easily see why people might check out, might go, ah, especially one and two where I was liking episode one and two. I thought, okay, these are solid. Um, I, I like the vibe. I think that's why I stuck around because I really like the vibe. I like the darky, you know, some people might even see like the emo-ish type of vibe. But hey, I'm all into that. I'm liking the world, liking the actors. Episode three is when it really kicked in like, okay, I'm enjoying this a lot. And it's funny because I introduced uh, Constantine, which is Constantine, I guess. Even Gaiman said it's always been that way. But it's like, I forgot about this, that they cast like a female version instead of John Constantine as Joanna Constantine and or Constantine. But it was just by um, coincidence that they introduced that character, who I do like in DC, but introduced that character in a time where I was really liking it. But that's where we started to get some choices for Morpheus, where it's not so much he's doing right or wrong. He's just doing what is he told and what is the code by, you know, like what is kind of the guidelines. And what's great about this show is him struggling with those guidelines and also just struggling why do I do this? And there's one episode particularly that gets into that. So there's tons of morality questioning. There's tons of play on that. Uh, like I said, filled with good actors. Trolley Richardson, um, David Thewlis, uh, who else? And Christina, Gwendolyn Christine. I don't know why I thought her first name was Christine. And then I didn't even know about this till like the day before. And I honestly think, I think this pushed me over the edge to watching the show because someone's like, Boyd Holbrook's in this? And like, yeah, he's the Corinthian. I had no idea what the fuck the Corinthian was. But once I saw Logan, I love Boyd Holbrook. I want him in everything. You know, I was so bummed when the Predator was the way the Predator was. So, and they all kill it and they all do really good. And another thing that I probably could say non-spoilers, and I guess what I should say, I could say that after saying who I would recommend it to, but like I said, Episode one, lots of setup. Episode two is kind of like almost a recovery from that setup because episode one has a very distinct way of telling it. And what I like is a lot of these episodes feel like that, but specifically episode one, it kind of has a thing that it's like Breaking Bad, where Breaking Bad, I definitely want to see more. And you can see where they're setting up more. That's kind of like this, where 
it, I'm not trying to be like, uh, oh, a pun, I made that, but like episode one feels very dreamlike and it feels very much like a short story. You could watch from point A to point B and it's kind of like a monster tale. It's kind of like a, we're just talking about Guillermo's new short coming out. It's like, um, oh, what is, uh, oh, Stephen King was a part of it. Uh, Romero was a part of it. Oh, creep show. Where there's just things that happen and they're very fantastical and they're very out there, but they have a point, they have an end, you know, beginning, middle, and end. And that first episode feels a lot like that. It's like, okay, where are we going? And like I said, my biggest thing is, of course, like writing, dialogue, all that's good. But for themes and overall things is the play on morality and life stuff, which I always, you know, that's a big reason why I like everything everywhere all at once. Like, I like when we get into those, you know, genres. The second one was the gray area. The third one, and that's why I'm saying these over, because if you like this stuff, this show I def- is definitely for you. I think I only have like one con, and like not every episode's a 10 out of 10 perfect. There's like some episodes I like better than others, but I think my only one con is I feel like that it does open a bit too ended or at least it too open-ended. I like when shows, I fully subscribe to what Brian Fuller did with Hannibal, where every season ends in a way where you could do more, but it's closed if you never get more. Now, I think we will get a number two because there's been all these, you know, oh, it did this well, and yet, da, da, da. but with TV shows and Netflix, you never know, right? Because they do that well. They usually only go to three, and then they, if they feel uncomfortable, they'll cancel it because of contracts going up, right? But hopefully, with Stranger Things going away, this could be their next big thing. I don't think this is definitely as mainstream. I'm going to get to that third point in a second. I know I'm going off a different route, but I don't think this can get as mainstream as Stranger Things. I think because of the slower pace, and it's not. It's not a happy show. I think there's moments where there's this show covers a lot of the dark side of life and the bad things of life, but then it shows like how you could spin that in the positive or what to appreciate in those dark moments. Stranger Things, of course, has dark moments, but tons of music, fun, dating, drugs, sex, rock and roll, kids, fun. Like this show doesn't have that. So I don't think it could get to that level. And I guess you could look at, well, Breaking Bad or Sopranos. It doesn't exactly have that. No, but even Breaking Bad and stuff, they have levity. This show does have levity at times, but it feels a lot drier than usual. So who knows? You never know. Uh, I guess the closest thing, I'm not saying it's this level, but the closest thing you probably get to is like Game of Thrones, where I feel like that that had, you know, at times did have some levity, but that, especially near those later scenes, got so... Um, so serious and so dramatic. So it can happen. It's just a question of can it happen on Netflix? I don't know because I think this is a lot more uh, slower paced and, like I said, a bit more drier and a bit more heady than Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, lots of times, you know, it's kings fighting over land, it's them fighting a dragon, it's them fighting white zombies. This gets into some shit, some heavy shit where you're like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> like, this is what we're dealing with right now. Okay. And I don't think it's as like crazy as the boys. I don't think there's anything where it's like, man, that really pushed the envelope. It's more just those thinking things like, oh, I feel a little like shit right now, you know? Okay, here we go. <laughs> so the third thing of why I think that it is a great show and why I really enjoy it is, so you have the show. And like I said, episode one feels like it's a story that is point A to point B, and you could end it there, not have to do more. It's just like a fun short film movie, right? You get multiples in that. And then what I like about it is it feels very much like a video game where let's say when you start in an open world game, you get your, you know, you got to, Dylan always use the example, right? Where it's like, okay, in Fallout, you got to go save your son. And then on the way, though, there's tons of missions or find your son, but you'll get, oh, there's this side quest. This side quest, like you never feel right because it's like, well, we're supposed to be on the main mission. From, I'd say episode one is its own contained thing. And then episode two, they set up, okay, this is the goal of Morpheus, the Sam and what he has to do and what he has to fix. But what I like is while he's getting there, we take a lot of detours 
and they all feel like side quests or objectives, but they all bleed into the main story. So they're always on this through line, but it's not like with Breaking Bad where Walter every so it's about drugs, drugs, how do I get the drugs, how do I get the money? It is, Sandman has, like, let's say it's a drugs money thing. He has that, but then there's all these little problems or little characters that come in, and sometimes you'll get a whole episode about that character. It's like, okay, Morpheus is in this for two minutes. It's about the setup for this one, and again, it's like a short story. Episode 5 specifically, and episode 6, Morpheus isn't that one, but episode 5, that's just like a tale about anything. That could be one of those Guillermo del Toro anthology episodes, right, for Cabinet. So that's what I really like because I think some people try to do that, but sometimes it just doesn't flow well or, like I said, in a video game board, it doesn't make sense. It made complete sense because this character in a, in a way is playing catch-up to how they set up what happened to him. And that's what I loved is we always had this main story and it never felt like, oh, I got to get back to get back. That's like, no, I'm interested in this world, interested in what happens, and we have a main story to fall back on. But we have all these side divergence of things that do parlay into the world and i thought they did that really well i really enjoyed all those concepts so yeah i I really quite enjoyed the show um i think it is one of if you were talking about like just a solo season if i was to say like a netflix top 10 i could probably put it up there i don't know if it's in like the top five but i think it's like somewhere in like like that 10 to 7 range it might be higher because there's i think this is going to have that impact where every once in a while i want to watch it so um yeah, I'm going to take my last break here. I'm getting into spoilers. Not do like a massive breakdown or anything like that because, uh, you know, I I watched this over time. And at first, I kind of even watched it without even an idea of reviewing it. Like I said, I had time to watch it, so I did. And I was like, you know, I could do this for the show because, you know, we're talking about this stuff and everything. But the hype got to me, and I watched it, and it delivered. It really much delivered. And it's introduced a world where, again, I don't think I'm going to read the comic books because people have told me that it's adapting it pretty closely and it's going like by chapters and it's covering issues and stuff like that. So it's like uh, Invincible or The Boys where I'm going to maybe read this when it's over because I don't want to be spoiled. I like the shocking moments, what happening. I like the twists and turns. I don't know exactly where people are going in Marvel and DC, but it's like so much if they pull from content or stories we already know or stuff we report on, it's like, uh... I like to be surprised a little, you know, so I'm very excited to see this world that they set up and I'm very excited to see this character Morpheus who is very, it, it, to me, what I liked about it, it's very similar to a Dr. Manhattan in a sense, not to that extreme of the power level, well, actually power level sometimes, but not the extreme of how detached he is, but at times it feels like that and it's someone trying to learn, okay, what is the deal with humankind overall and what is the deal with himself what can he allow himself to do what can't he allow himself to do what connections can he make it's very fun and all the characters they introduced to like no one's annoying stuff like that so gonna take an ad break and i'll be right back with some spoilers so if you've not heard or if you've not seen the show now's your time to tune out and we'll be right back judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the chumba life is for everybody so go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. So, yeah, just like a quick shout out as far as the episodes. I could kind of just go by them. I should open up the wiki. I'll just op- I'll just say like a few quick things about them and things like that because this is something that i don't know i just literally searched wikipedia uh <laughs> actually i'll go i maybe kirkland said him and shay were going to watch it so i'd almost love to do like a discussion with him on it if uh he does ever get around to seeing it but so sandman 2022 to blank we don't know uh let's see here <clears throat> what's the top rated Episode six. That makes sense because it is, uh, I definitely think, the best one. So episode one, let's talk about the short story. It's literally just a story about these people that catch a demon and misuse it and bad shit happens to them. And it sucks it happens to them, but it's justified. You know, like <laughs> like they are kind of fucking around things they shouldn't have. And they are told multiple times, like, hey, this power, this magic, these tools aren't really meant for moral mortals and they proceed to do that and even when we get the guy from game of thrones who plays uh like the, the older lannister he is there and he's kidnapped because they're trying to he's lost a son trying to get him back but get to get death and it's interesting because later on we get introduced to his sister and he gets caught and he's stuck in this thing they all know like these rituals uh to catch him i'll get into it there's someone named the corinthian play by boy that helps him out I'll, I'll get into him in a second but Either way, they find a way to capture Morpheus, right? And he's gone for 100 years. And he doesn't age, stuff like that. And he, when he's talking to his sister who plays that, he says, yeah, they actually want to catch you. And she goes, I know. They never picked up on that again. And I trust the show with how they did this first season that they will relate back to that. Uh, so that is something I'm interested for. But he had lost his son, wanted him back. And um, or was it son or wife? Shit, I can't remember. I thought it was son. I could be I could be wrong though. But either way, one loved one back, and it, this guy just gets passed down from generation, or like you know, each you know, like father to son. And the son at first feels like they're very helping; they want to let them go, they want to give them a chance. But even then, they turn evil, and they have this whole thing where they're closeted and they feel uncomfortable, and they finally find someone they love, they make a life with them, but and they show that person the who they love this you know morpheus in a cage but even then they get this shit deal of getting killed and their house on fire all this stuff but it's like they kind of deserve it because they went against and at one point looked like he was gonna help morpheus really didn't help him at all so it's this thing of these characters that you they can start good but have a turn or start bad and maybe there's more to the story right so i really like that as far as it's just 
you know, a kind of karma story of you, you kept this thing that could kill you, could hurt you, locked up for years, and bad shit happened to you, right? So really like that. Episode two, that was literally just like, this is the stomps right here. Morpheus begins his quest to find his tools of power, his ruby, his sand, his helm, by paying a visit to a pair of notoriously dysfunctional brothers and their Cain and Abel. But this whole episode is he gets back, he has like a, a realm and he has like a fortress, right? But the fortress, because he's not been gone for, or he's been gone for hundred years and he has all these disciples and stuff like that. It's just broken down. It's gone to ruin and stuff like that. This was a, literally just a setup episode. And that's where it's like, okay, we're on the path. And, you know, the mask, is, I'm sure it's from the comic books. The helm looks kind of funny. Like, I don't think it ever looks cool when he's wearing it. I think the guy looks cool, but the helm doesn't look cool. And here's the thing. This show doesn't actually, and I think the comic book as well, doesn't give me the sense of they're trying to look cool. They're trying to look weird or creepy or, like I said, gothic. It's not like, look at this badass helm. It looks like this weird kind of... I don't know, um, Brightburn or, you know, sock puppet mask and stuff like that. It's metal and everything like that. But episode two is just a setup. So like, okay, let's see where we're going, everything like that. And I was probably going to watch most of it because I wasn't enjoying it, but I wasn't like getting the hype of why is everyone like loving this so much, right? Episode three, that's where we meet Constantine. I'm always going to say Constantine, but we get this idea as far as I'm not breaking down the whole episode, but they, this whole thing, like he's trying to track down his sand and it's gone from one owner to the other blah, 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 blah. and all these characters know them they just know he's been missing because there's another character that's been i don't know if it's a sibling or a friend but the whole family of the dreaming or the it's the family of the endless they all know this character and they're like oh he's back like no this one's still missing this one's about more of it so there's still some other character that's been missing for a while so it sounds like these things can or these you know godlike beings can go missing whether it's a death whether they have disappeared whether they've ran away to start a new life who knows but this has got passed down. So many of these characters still know Morpheus before. And we get the story where Constantine was dating a woman, left a woman. And there's tons of other demon, <coughs> excuse me, flashbacks to them, like doing demon stuff, him helping her, things like that. Um, there's this, it's great sequence where she had broken up with this woman because it was too dangerous, right? Left some things there, part of a sands there. She goes in the house and she has this like daydream about her reuniting with this ex, and it goes all well. She apologizes. They start to get it on. They're gonna have sex, but then Morpheus like wakes her up, like, "What are you doing right now?" Like she's kind of daydreaming. She's supposed to be looking at stuff. That ex found the sand. She's in the bed, and um, <laughs> uh, she's completely old. And he just gives this whole explanation that, "Hey, this is not meant for mortals. This is like something. This was wrong. You shouldn't have left it here." And she kind of like Constantine's kind of say, or Constantine's kind of say, like, "It's kind of your fault. Like you should do helping and things like that." And she gives this whole speech, which is great about you look after humans. You're in their day. You're in their, their heads day and night. You see all these things. How can you not care for them? How do you not want to make a change? And it was. I was. 100% in her boat because he was acting very cold, right? But again, how the show got set up is he met some humans, they captured him, and they kept him in a cage for 100 years. So his view on humanity is not going to be great. And that's where it's starting to get to the point of not everyone feels the same. Not everyone acts that way. There are good people in this world. But he just happened to get exposed to a lot of bad ones, right? So uh, Constantine's like, could you help? And he explains she explains the situation. And he's just got to... I feel like he does like this pay, this uh, pump fake where he's like, absolutely, you know, you make a good point. Like, I'm paraphrasing, right? Like, I will see that I could help her and everything like that. Now he goes upstairs. He kills the girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, and just comes out and says, I made sure she died peacefully <laughs> in her sleep. And Constantine's just like, it's kind of like, okay, I, I, I get it. 
in a sense, but it's still kind of like, fuck you. Like you made it sound like you were going to help out more. And with God, with uh, the dream, you never know, is this an actual rule he's following or is this what he's deemed right? Because we meet an episode later on where he, them, these people grant a guy to never die. So it's like, you have no magic. You could do this same thing, like bringing back that guy's son. Like you have no magic. You could potentially do that. So there's always this gray area of what can he do and what is he wanting to do in the situation? You know, and it just felt like with this time he wanted to follow some sort of code and it's like, no, she has to die. She's playing with his magic. It's too much for mortals. Sorry, but I made sure it was peaceful in her sleep. Okay, but that's where I was like, okay, we're getting some fun gray area here. And I loved all the stuff they introduced with Constantine, the whole episode and things like that. And we're getting more stuff to the Corinthian with Boyd Holbrook, which I like, which we'll get into because he plays a big role in the back end of the episode, uh, seasons. And I'll kind of tell uh, more about that because we get into the vortex and all this good jazz, right? So then episode four, just a fun one because he's looking for his helm and his ideas. He doesn't have his stuff to get into hell, but they still kind of know him by name. So he's still like cool enough to get him. And he has this idea of he's figured out that a demon or a hell demon has his helm, right? So he goes there and he's like, well, I know there's someone that's connected to hell to the devil who's played by uh, Gwendolyn Christie, who does a great job at it. Very, like, like downplayed charisma, very cool, calm, but very, like, scary at the same time. And I'm excited because it kind of set her up as, like, the next big bad. That was my problem again. Like, it, and the whole we'll get to other endings, but it ends with everyone just like, "Oh, we're gonna bring hell pretty much to Morpheus," and then it's just people chanting like Lucifer. It's just very open of like, if you've never gone to the season, like, "Oh, that sucks." Like, I thought there was a way they could have left open. They didn't actually need that, but that's fine. Um, so there's some sort of way where. You know, he says, oh, I know one of these people have my helm. And she's like, well, ask them. And she looks out there and there's all these people in hell, right? And there's thousands upon thousands. One of them could have it. And I wasn't sure exactly the rules that they could leave hell, this and that. I think they can, but not exactly sure. Maybe this helmet helped them. But he said, well, no, the reason I came here is the same way I, I can't remember the phrasing, but it's like, I, he can use some sort of magic or way to just bring the helm here. He doesn't have to act like for some reason hell, like hell i think it's almost like a heaven and hell situation where you can just take soul stuff like that you can just boom bring something up so he spawned his helm but the guy says a deal like i found it i got it the right way you know i didn't steal it and someone else might stole it, but i purchased it it's all mine says so you got to do like a battle right and it's like okay um i'll battle you for the helm what is it okay i'll yeah i'll battle for the helm and the guy could say if you battle me you gotta be my slave in hell for eternity so i take accept the rules more of his who's your fighter i'm the fighter and they ask this guy who's your fighter and he says the devil and christina just like you know grindelin like just smiles and i was like oh really can you like and she's like well well hell says i have to battle which is strange because i feel like every battle you'd be like yeah i want hell like give me hell like she's probably the best here you know so or give me the devil lucifer i want i want her um and then they pretty much just do a game of Infinity and Beyond. Now, I, that sounds like a negative. It's not. It is pretty much a greater than game. She says, hey, I pick a, you know, uh, what was it, like a bull or something like that. And then he's like, well, I pick a serpent. So it, like, hits the bull with the poison. And she's like, well, I pick a, I think I'm switching up the orbit. It's like, then I pick a winged predator. And they keep going. Like, I pick anti-life. And then I pick, you know, uh, you know, life, anti-life. There's nothing greater than that. And then he says, hope. Which really ties into the next episode because I'll get into some things that happened that and there's episode four, two storylines going on in hell and then what's going on with uh, David Thewlis and Jolie Ritchie and stuff like that. Um, and that was cool. Lots of fun visuals. And that's what is good because this idea of hope 
because I thought he was going to say love, but this idea of hope starts to play a lot more into these episodes coming up. So that was really cool. And it kind of set up that the devil kind of got pumped up, punked out and she wants after Morpheus. And it sounds like there's more to them taking down the endless. Cause there's like some fucking weird venom, like people visiting her, like in the bubble, like, Hey, we got to get the dream and stuff like that. So they're like, Oh shit. I don't know what this is, but I'm looking forward to see what it is. Um, Episode five. Uh, what did they even call it? Um, 24 seven. Again, this is an episode that features maybe Morpheus like five minutes, something like that. <clears throat> so one of the things he got, one of the things that was missing was the Ruby. And this went from the uh, Sir Lancer guy who he had a, a woman or I don't know if it's a pro like a, I can't remember if it was an affair, whatever it is. She got pregnant, right? He was with a lady. She didn't want to abort the baby like he wanted her to. So she runs, takes a bunch of money, his stuff, leaves, creates a new life for herself. One of the things he actually – she took all these things, right? But she also took the ruby, and the ruby, like, helped her live longer, age less, and things like that. And this ruby, like, has a bunch of powers, a bunch of – sounds like mumbo-jumbo stuff you could do with it, uh, protects you, things like that. But you um, – she sold them off and got rid of them. And David Thewlis, who's her son, who they're the same age because she didn't age, she's – he's her son in a mental asylum. He's, like, killed some people. And that's what's also helping episode four where they're talking about the origins of what happened. You know, I sold this. He escapes from here where she gives him this locket because she's, like, Morpheus is coming. She gives him this locket that will protect him. The second she gives off, she, like, dies because clearly she should have been dead years ago. Uh, she just shrivels up and <laughs> scared the guy's, like – what the fuck, uh, what happened here? And then he just starts going ham and using his powers, destroying people. And there's a great segment where he's just traveling across the country and he bumps into a random person, a little hitchhike. And they have this great conversation about lying and how it's the worst thing you can do to a person. And I'm not going to do it any justice. But then he starts to say thing that she picks up on that he's escaped asylum and he's murdered some people and it gets worse and worse. But the way this results is he's like, I really don't want to hurt you. Just don't lie to me and things like that. And when she drops him off, and she doesn't really believe him. It sounds like she's had some bad luck. I think her husband cheated on her and stuff like that. Some bad luck. But she's frightened of David Thewlis' character. But at the end, when he gets his ruby, he gives her this locket that his mom did. And said, this will protect you. And it was a nice ending. Because, again, this guy who's like seemingly set up as like a bad guy who's done some bad things. And even killed someone. She even got hey, so that told someone, oh, could you call down not one? This guy, when they stopped at the gas station, this guy's messed up. She He kills this gas station attendant right in front of her. But then at the end, he lets her go with this ruby and says, no one's ever going to hurt you with this ruby. And that's the end of the story. And I really like that. The Shades of Grey. <clears throat> but episode five is he goes to this random diner, right? And the random diner has a bunch of people. And there's things going on. And this is one of the best episodes. But uh, I'm not going to name all the characters. But there's a waitress there. There's a couple there that met at the restaurant. There's a cook there. And there's all these dynamics. Like the waitress kind of likes to cook, but doesn't look like she's gi he's giving her much attention. That she thinks they're dating, but they're kind of on again, off again. Uh, there's this married couple who met at the restaurant from this waitress, but they're having problems. There's that couple where you're like, you can tell they want to fight, but they're being nice. They're at this restaurant. There's friends there, so they don't want to make a scene. Um, there is who's the other character oh and then there's this new guy that's looking for a job oh and there's another girl who uh there she has a girlfriend but she won't return her calls so she thinks she's breaking up so there's all these dynamics right they set up all these situations and david lewis's character sits down just watching this all happens <clears throat> what he thinks he's doing is he thinks because he thinks lying is the worst thing right so what he thinks he's using with ruby is to take these people's ability to lie so like something where the couple, the guy wanted to order a burger, and the wife's like, oh, you're watching your die, and they get in this mini argument, and he's like, I'll just take the salad. And then later on, he 
he actually gets brought the burger, but the line gets taken away. And she goes, oh, you are the wrong thing. He's like, no, I'm going to fucking eat this. And they, they're getting mad at one another. But you can see, like, everyone, they're being truthful. Like, the things you wouldn't want to say to some people, like white lies, people are just saying those and stuff like that. Uh, the waitress goes to the cook, and the whole episode, he's kind of annoying her. And there's, like, kind of like, oh, they're dating or something like that. But really, it finds out that he just likes to come over for dinner because uh, he doesn't want to eat alone. He doesn't want to cook because he cooks all the time. And then this is when the episode took a, tur- a big turn. She's like, he's like, I like fucking your son. Now, they do clarify that the son is 21, and it's legal, and it's consensual. It's not rape or anything, but it was just fucking out of left field. Like, I love fucking your son. We go upstairs when you're asleep. It was, and he's just like, oh, yeah, your son knows what to do. I didn't know what I was doing at 21. All these things happen. The couple starts to fight even more. There's that young guy I was talking about at the pub who is going to be that couple that's working at this business. He is an interview. They're like, oh, let's do it right now. They start to split off. They All these people start fucking people. Like the the guy that's interviewing for a job is interviewing with the wife, and she's like, I just want to, like, my husband's not here. In the restaurant, let's just fuck right now. She's right on there. That guy, the husband who ate the sandwich and the cook who's fucking the waitress's son, they start fucking now because he's just like, ah, I just want my dick sucked sometimes because my wife's such a bitch. And, you know, and they start doing, and then the waitress, there's a girl there that, like I said, she's trying to connect with her girlfriend and they start fucking because, you know, they're just like lonely and they see like, so it's pretty much just like taking all the abilities from these people. It's like trying to say like what I really want to do, right? And spirals out of control where that husband comes back. They're fucking, they fight. He kills the guy. The The husband gets killed by the intern guy that's going to interview. And I'm doing a very abbreviated situation. If you're listening to this, spoilers, you have to watch it. It's a great episode of directing and editing and pacing and writing. It's probably the best one, even though it doesn't like feature Morpheus. It's probably the best one. So for me... I thought it was a great episode, and then Morpheus comes in, all this shit's gone down, right? And what he explains to him, though, is he didn't take their ability, because they say, like, I didn't want this, I didn't want to do this. You didn't take their ability to lie away. You took their dreams away, which, what are dreams? There are hopes. Most of the time, unless they're nightmares, which again to him, but there are hopes. They're the things we want the most. And that's why you made them kind of into these degenerates, these terrible people, because you took what they want the most away, and pretty much as a chance of being happy. And again, a, a way where he kind of, there's this great moment where he thinks he kills Morpheus, he doesn't, Morpheus becomes like Manhattan. He's literally holding Thulis in his hand, and he doesn't kill him. All he does is he simply puts him back in the insane asylum, because he says you know what it's not exactly your fault because this like ruby was passed down to you and this stuff isn't meant for mortals so i can kind of see how it fucked you up but he still killed those other people so he should probably be dead but again this gray area great episode another episode which is like a two for here where he goes to meet his sister who is deaf awesome episode they it's them having a conversation catching up because they've been gone for 100 years they have good chemistry but also i would say maybe like a native they played it in a way where it felt very flirty. Now, I don't know if that's a thing. If it's like Game of Thrones where they could just, like, fuck brothers and sisters. I hope not. But it felt it felt sometimes like an old flame and sometimes not exactly like a brother and sister. So, I don't know. But the episode is great as far as as they're catching up. There's two things that happen. One, she's talking about his purpose. And she says, you're always trying to find out, like like, what is your purpose? Like, what, you know, like, what is the purpose of your life? Like, why are you here? But then she's trying to say, like, 
you already know why you're here. It's to dream. It's to help these people. There's no purpose maybe beyond that. And even if you're looking for that, this is the purpose of the purpose. Like you're doing it. You just have to look at the good things of what you're doing and helping people and things like that, creating them dreams, maybe giving them that little push to go out there and do something. That is the purpose. And pretty much they deal with this a lot throughout the show that he's just trying to find his place in the world and stuff like that too. But what else she's doing is while they're catching up, she's going from person to person. And I had a feeling she was deaf because they set up where they bump into a guy and he's kind of flirting with her. Oh, it'd be great to, you know, get a drink and whatnot. And she's like, oh, yeah, like Jimmy, whatever. I'll see you. See you soon. And walk away. And then they start going from person to person. And it's just this thing of, oh, hey, Tom. And like, oh, I don't know you. And then they get this sense of dread. Of like, oh, no, like I'm on my honeymoon with my wife. Like she doesn't have the password to my phone. She's in a foreign country. Can I just give her the password? Then you can take me. And then it's already too late. He's already dead in the water. And he's seeing the reaction of everybody. And it's this thing if she starts to talk about, you know, I hated this because I was alone and doing this, but it's just a part of a journey. Now, in our real life, it's tough because I can't contextualize that because I don't know if we die, we get to go on this. I can't remember what they called it, like the the sunless valley. Like, I don't know if that's the thing. That gets into some really religious stuff, right? And uh, beliefs and everything. But this idea that, you know, this is this is just part of the journey. And unfortunately, it is. And that's where they did it in such a melancholy way it was sad but almost like happy and hopeful but it's just she at one point she's going to all these people right and they're di- reacting different ways and then she walks in this house and she's a mom and her baby and she looks at this baby and morpheus is just kind of almost take it aback like he can't do he didn't say anything but she's like oh, i can't do this as a baby but she picks her up and says i'm sorry little one that's all the time you got here you know just just a little bit on earth so it's almost just kind of saying like again Whatever time you may get, enjoy it while you got it. Whether it's 20 years, 20 minutes, whatever you have, try and enjoy it as much as possible. And that shit always gets me. That shit's always like A-plus stuff. So that was really well done. And she just talked about how she felt like she was alone, but she's not. She's helping people into the journey of their next stage, right? And then half of the other episode is them... Uh, they see this guy and they talk about humanity and oh, you wouldn't want to be, you know, uh, you wouldn't want to be immortal here. This place is awful. Uh, and they meet this guy like, what about this guy? He's like, he's in a bar. Like, ah, I'm never going to die. I'm like, well, let's use him for example. Morpheus walks up. That's why like, who knows about the power set? He goes, I'm granting you life for a hundred years. I'm going to come back here at the same very pub. And let's see if you still want to live another hundred years. And the guy takes the deal. And then the rest of the episode is them revisiting. And it's really good. Fun conversation. Again, gray area where this guy seems all right. At one point, he's owning slaves. And Morpheus is like, hey, that's not a good thing. Enslaving people is not a good thing. So you're always just back and forth with these people. And he's like, yeah, but this is the way it goes nowadays. You know, like you're always back and forth. And then at one point, the the guy, I can't remember who they gave the 100 years to, says, like, I don't think you're here to check up on me. I think you're lonely and you just want a friend. And Morpheus rejects this. And he's like, I am not your friend. I would never befriend someone of your, like, lower tier as far as where I am. And then what happens is they have this fight. And he's like, oh, in 100 years, you'll be here and you'll show them right. What happens is in those 100 years, though, that's when he got caught. So he didn't get to go to the restaurant. So the guy thinks, oh, really, I did screw up and he's not my friend. That pub gets closed down. It goes to another pub. When he does get out, that 100 years happens, and Morpheus meets at that pub, meets the character, and there's a smile. Like He apologizes. I'm not going to go over the whole episode because I can't do it justice. Really beautiful, fun stuff on the character. So great episode. And then like 7, 8, and 9, that's very much the setup for the finale. I'm not going to break everything down. They talk about there being a... um, Excuse me. They talk about being a um, vortex, and that's something where it's a good... 
kind of create one lucid dream with everybody, like combine them and that goes that can cause like all these bad things going on, right? And the biggest thing is they're trying to find the vortex because they think they could they meaning uh Corinthian and another nightmare who's just kind of going with because there's people that he's literally made to be nightmares. What their point is, because I was like, why do you want to make these if the character's a dream? It's to show people's fears so they could overcome them in the real world. But what like one character was it was Galt or something like that said like I don't want to be a nightmare anymore I'm tired of scaring people and he just like she was like in someone's dream as a dream like giving them good dreams as a kid who was being abused their parents had left them died and she was giving them good dreams she was supposed to be a nightmare but then Morf's like no you're not supposed to be doing that and he kills her for it I was like what the fuck <laughs> like again i was like i'm completely against you in the scenario why like there's nothing wrong what's going on here but then at the end of the show he does he does grow and he does bring her back and makes her a dream and like gives her wings and makes her a bit more beautiful and stuff like that so that's where okay we're having the character learn but in the moment he was just cold like no you don't disobey me this might have been how things were done while i'm gone but they're not going this way anymore so it's back and forth <clears throat> but the Corinthian is another nightmare that escaped and that's how this whole show started where he was trying to get suck him back into Ruby, take him back to his dreamscape, but he got put in this prison for hundred years. So the Corinthian for a hundred years has just been going around. He's a nightmare with a guy that wears glasses. Uh, he has teeth for eyes. He likes to fuck a lot, and he's played by Bold Holdbrook. And that should tell you everything you need to know right there. Um, and his kind of plan is to get the vortex because that would take out potentially. And this actress does a good job. She's the one looking for the kid who's abused. That's how they tied in. That's her brother that they lost and stuff. But she, he's looking for her because if they take out Dreaming, they're not going to have to go back. Like he's not going to get sucked up. They could be free completely for the rest of their lives now, you know? So uh, there, there's tons of stuff there, but that's where it gets a bit more, I would say, action, but not really. There's like some murder stuff like that. It never gets that huge action point where there's fighting, but. Boyd Holbrook is great. He's charismatic. He's what you would expect. He he's charismatic and everything. Also, he same thing is like makes some calls where he kills some innocent people at the same time when he makes pitches of to this girl like, hey, he's just gonna kill you. And literally, Morpheus does say, I'm gonna have to kill you. So it's just like he does have a good pitch of if you take him out, we can you can live and you can live with your brother that you've been looking for for ten years. Like this is not a bad scenario. And he even saves them at one point too. He he saves them and he says. You can just go. Even though he knows she's the answer, I thought for sure it's going to be, you can't leave the hotel room inside. He says, I'm going to go on for an hour. When you get back, you're either with me or you're gone. They resolve all the situations and stuff like that. But it, again, Shades of Grey, this was a great character. Um, and they're setting up. There's also apparently a character that's like the daughter of well, Wonder Woman, Steve Trevor in there that has this big role where her husband, and this is part of the Vortex thing where her husband died she can it's pretty much like Grey's Anatomy with Izzy and Denny she can see them in the dream but she thinks it's just a dream but then eventually starts to get more they're fucking in the dream he's building a house she gets pregnant which she actually brings the baby into the real world we don't know what's going to happen with that baby because Morpheus said like you can give birth to this baby but one day I will come and claim this boy because he is mine and it's like fuck now I think what we see with Morpheus is that he's going to change and not do that but the fact that he just said I'm going to take this baby it belongs to me it's like this is fucking cold like this like <laughs> i know it happened in the dream world but still like don't do that like let's not have this happen uh and that's unanswered so we'll see but there's all these things going on in the last four episodes which is great and uh, you know lots of twists and turns 
lots of fun like inception jumping into dreams and things like that and eventually they find a way to save the vortex girl by giving her power to her grandma and they set up this whole thing where this is kind of a twist for you know who the big who was the big bad kind of in this season but they portrayed it as oh it was just a mistake and a series of unfortunate events where desire is actually trying to fuck him up and that's his um sister brother sibling because it the, the person that plays them is a they them and the thing is they prefer to desire as a man in the show so i think it's i think they're kind of using desire as almost like a shapeshifter because they're played by a transgender person but they say oh it's a man and i got pregnant by a man and he had golden eyes i'd never seen anything like it the second dream here is golden eyes he knows oh that's a sibling of mine so i think they're trying to say it in a way where you almost wouldn't expect desire because you know they look like a woman they're dressing like a but well, it's very kind of in the middle but they're dressed like a woman they have lots of feminine qualities but obviously at that point in time or they still do they had you know male gender tell you and they could reproduce or i don't know maybe it's just magic reproducing but either way they're playing with some fun kind of ideologies and in a, like an appropriate way and it's a really cool story about how they got the gig they tweet at nail game like hey is anyone cast is there a casting email that i can look into i'd love to play desire and then they went on and got the role and they did a good job they're not in it too much and that's what maybe wants me to have season two because i liked their dynamic they are playing like a very Almost like when Joker is in love with Batman type of play, that's what they're playing, and I'm fucking down for that because that's my favorite type of Joker. So I liked it. it's very kind of flirty. Again, they're brothers, they're or I guess siblings. They're flirty, so like, eh, but desire clear. It's just all about love and lust and fucking like their home base is a hauled out heart and it's all like shiny and you know like very um sleek and stuff like that. And you don't know exactly what the plan is, but they made it sound like they were just having fun and mucking around and you were gone. You were gone for a year. So I was just having some fun in the dream world where really there's more to they on purpose. So th them fucking someone, getting them pregnant, created this vortex, right? Cause it's, I don't know, godly power messing around with the dream world. That's dream says, don't ever do that again. Morpheus like, don't do that again. You create a vortex. You could have destroyed me, that whole realm, maybe a bunch of other things. And they play like, Oh, I'm very sorry. You know, that that's just, you know, it was my mistake. Never happened again. And he literally says it better not happen again. Or they'll, you will see like kind of the full power. And then she just, or they just kind of smile as dream walks away. Like, Oh yeah, we're not going to happen again. So they set up a fun little cliffhanger there of what could happen down the line. And it was this good through line. Cause you kept meeting like little things of desire. And I think like, the full whenever hopefully we get it like the full like just desire episode i think that's gonna be lots of fun so great show um i feel like i'm gonna give it a 9.5 i can't necessarily give it a full 10 because i think i do think there could have even been I don't like even episode two, like it sets it up. I don't know. I think you still could have spread that into other episodes. It works, but it's still, it's still damn good. And this is a show I might retroactively pull Kirkland Patrick and come back and give it a 10. Cause I think I might watch it again in the future. But, and I, like I said, the ending, I didn't like how kind of, um, open-ended it was because it just I know it is a TV show but that's just a personal thing where it felt so overly cliffhanging where I like the desire thing where it's like oh yeah I'll never mess with you it's like okay you could pick up on that or if it never happened again it's just desire being kind of playful and you know um, dream put her in her place or put them in their place so a 9.5 you know may maybe a 10 maybe think about it and I think this also show that season 2 could like do wonders even more for season 1 the stuff they tie back because there's things like when they brought up the hey death was and this is where it could get to a 10 
uh, they were looking for death. They're looking for you. And the sister goes, oh, I know they're looking for me. And they never went back to that. At least I, maybe I missed it, but at least I didn't think they went back to that. So it's like if season two uh, addressed that and we get some answers, then I go, okay, that now retroactively is probably a 10. If they don't, then I go, okay, there's some missing stuff here. But uh, yeah, that does it for today's Travis Told You. Some quick hit news, some reviews, some Fantastic Four. Thank you very much for joining me if you listen to the whole thing. And I promise when you hear from me tomorrow, which will be back at 3 p.m. PST, I'll be boring.